Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, the podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal which explores tourism and tourism-related areas of recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. Welcome. I am Jayan Che, co-host of the Tourism Geographies podcast. Tourism Geographies is an international journal of tourism space, place, and environment. Our aim is to take scientific research on tourism and etc. and speak with the authors about what this all means. Today, I'm speaking with Jennifer Loverio from University of the Philippines. Uh, Blaine, welcome to the show, Jennifer. Yes, hello. I'm very, very happy to be in this show and to be able to share about the research that we did on Sagadam in the Philippines. Thank you. I'm so excited to speaking with you. So over the next 15 minutes, <laughs> I'll be talking to Jennifer about her recent work, Stakeholder Collaboration. A solution to over tourism? Question mark. A case study on Sagada, the Philippines, published recently in Tourism Geographies. Jennifer, what question or problem was this paper or research setting out to understand? Okay, the main problem um, that was answered or that this study is trying to answer is what did the stakeholders of Sagada do to manage the perennial problems of overtourism that they got, usually during the peak season? Uh, so how did they handle it uh, in their territory? What we did is first to analyze what, what is happening to the place. I mean, we, we started the study around 2017, and then we keep coming back. And we keep getting the same problems. So during peak season, May uh, around summer season, and sometimes during December, they usually have over tourism problems. And you know what happens during over tourism? There's a lot of people coming in. There's not enough places to sleep to sleep in. Uh, there's not enough food because Sagada is located in the mountainous region of the Philippines. So it's a from Manila, just to give you a context on how far it is, from Manila, you have to take a bus at night. So if you are if you live here in Manila at 8 o'clock in the evening, you arrive there around 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh. So that's a 12-hour drive. Wow. And yeah, the nearest airport from Manila to Vigan, it's the northern part of the Philippines. It's around, it probably takes 30 minutes, but then... Going to Sagada, you need to take a bus, and it's sometimes if it's if the bus is fast, it's three hours. If it's not, it's around five hours. And you have to go through this uh mountainous area. So one side is the mountain, and the other side is a cliff. So it's quite Ooh. dangerous okay. to go to that place. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. but a lot of people go there. Mm -hmm. I was surprised. Yeah, that's the main issue that they have. During summer, there's so many people, there's probably five times the number of uh five times the number of residents. It's, if you compare it to other places like Barcelona and Venice, which mm -hmm. takes in around a millions, it's not a lot, but if you look at their place, it's a it's only around ten thousand square meters. I don't know, ten thousand well. 
it's a small it's a small area and then much of this area is uh mountains so they really get a problem they really get a lot of problems like water inter well there's not a decent water source when you go there actually when i was interviewing one of the inn owners who happens who was quite familiar to me mm. she said that uh they own a they own a um, a spring so all the water comes for the mountain and the spring is owned by a certain family so oh. what they do is yeah they put up hosts of water they get oh. their own source of they get their own source of water so you're drinking uh fresh spring water or taking a bath in a fresh spring water when you go there oh, so yeah oh, Jennifer, or this tour you should go there I know I really want to go now. <laughs> but are there international <laughs> tourists over the summer? Um, yes, actually, Sagada started out. It's if we go back to uh in the 19th century. So the Philippines was uh -huh. under the Spanish rule for 300 years. And uh -huh. then the Americans came in uh -huh. and uh the 19th century, the American missionary, they went to Sagada and put up a church there. Oh. So the missionary, they didn't want to re-Christianize the Catholics. So they went to the hinderlands. The Spanish wasn't able to go there because they're this, uh, these are a group of people, indigenous people who are headhunters. Mm -hmm. So they're quite fierce. So the Spanish are afraid to go to their territory. So the Americans went there and uh, I think spread the religion. It's a, it's a Christian religion. So mm -hmm. if you go there and talk to the elders, they're very good in English. They're really, really very good in English. And uh, yeah, yes. so that's the, the history there. A lot of, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the indigenous people, they went to the United States. Mm -hmm. So you could say that uh, there's a, a big exchange of ideas from the United States to, to Sagada and the areas around it. So that's why they're very good in English. That's one. And they're also Christians, but of a different denomination. They're not Catholic. I think they're Presbyterians. Okay. Super fascinating, Jennifer. Wow. So can, can you, you kind of give us a background already, but can you give us the context of the work, your research work? So it's a qualitative study. It's We started in 2017. We interviewed the stakeholders. So local government uh, officers, businessmen, the barangays, barangay chairman. Barangay is the smallest political unit in the Philippines. So you have your barangay and then you have your town mayor. So we also did an FGD of the barangay captains to find out what are the problems they suffer in uh, during, uh, during the summertime. And then what were they... So that's 2017. And then 2018 to 2019. So this was 2018. This was the time when the, the tourists really came in. Actually, Sagada started out as a spot for European tourists and American tourists. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones who popularized it. So there's the they're the first ones to go there. So we could say these are the early backpackers. And then because of the good scenery, mm -hmm. they had movies. So you have popular actors coming in. So then the Filipinos came in. 
So now a majority, maybe 90% of the people going there during summer are Filipinos. Around 10%, I think most of them are French and European. Okay. I did talk to a couple from Spain when I was there last. So it's mostly Filipinos. After the qualitative study, we had interviews, we had focus group discussions. Mm -hmm. uh, we discussed what have they been doing. Because there's a question here in the uh, stakeholders collaboration, a solution to over tourism. Mm -hmm. um, so what have you, they been doing to answer these problems that they have? So we've listed down uh, what they, they did in order to maybe not properly solve it, although because of the COVID-19, mm -hmm. all the problems they had with over-tourism was solved. But what they, what they keep doing every year. So that's why actually there are three theories that we've, uh, we've adopted. So one of the theory is uh, the social exchange theory. So we know that social exchange uh, theory means that it is actually based on the notion that the relationship between two parties, mm -hmm. so prob in this case, the tourists and the stakeholders are created through a process of cost and benefit analysis. So a lot of the people, residents and business businessmen, mm -hmm. uh, they actually want tourists to go in Sagada because uh, before the tourists come in, it's a, it's a place, it's a sleepy town. So most of the work are farming and subsistence farming. So when the tourists come in, the people there were able to establish or put up their own inns, small inns. This is small inns, small businesses, small restaurants. So the idea of the government there is to have the stakeholders, the residents of this place put up their own business. Mm -hmm. So they... Unlike, unlike you know the usual destinations like Boracay or Palawan, where you have big companies coming in, putting yeah. up their own big, let me see, big hotels and restaurants. The the elders, the indigenous elders, they refused. They actually, the government was there was a plan to put up a four star hotel there. In Sagada. But Yes, oh, it was that popular. They want a four-star right, hotel. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, but the it's actually a good thing that the residents, they really look up to their elders. And the elders oh. said, no, oh, don't okay. want them. We want our people to put up their own businesses. Because, yeah, yeah it's true, right? If yeah. these big companies come in, yeah. they buy the land. They don't know. They, they don't care. Or maybe they don't know how to take care of it. That's and then it's the people who suffer. So yeah, so those that's actually one of the solutions that, well, it's not a solution. This is something that the government and the elders put up in Sagada. No big company, oh, no foreign companies Yay. will own any of the businesses there. It has to be, you have to be a resident. Mm. Or if you're, if you're not a resident, if you're not a resident, you need to get a partner. Oh, okay. From there. Uh, so that's a social exchange theory. And then another would be the stakeholders theory because mm -hmm. they need to identify who are the stakeholders. So it's not just the local government who are the stakeholders. 
also the businessmen. But they have organizations of the in owners. So the biggest, um, I think the biggest in that they have is only up around 100 rooms. Mm -hmm. But this 100 rooms is not concentrated in one place. They usually have, okay, in number one is located in the center of Sagada. In number two is located in another place. So they, they do extensions, but that's the biggest that they have. And then there's also the organization of those who sells, how, how do you call that? The, the goods that you buy. <laughs> so the restaurants, they have their own organization also. And then the, the small things that you buy when you go to a place. Mm -hmm. So the bag, things like that. So they have the organization. The tour guides have their own organizations. These are the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. The barangay captains are stakeholders also. The, they manage the small, the, the barangay captains are the political head. And mm -hmm. when I actually interviewed them, a lot of them are 70 years old and above. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're quite old. They're, 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 uh, they're, most of them are actually farmers, 60 mm -hmm. years old and above. Mm -hmm. There's only one woman, and mm -hmm. she's quite young, around 50s, in her 50s. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else? Part of their stakeholders also, what they do is they have a stakeholders meeting. They call it municipal council. Mm -hmm. They usually have a meeting, they say around once a month, but not everyone is there. So you have this and then the health, the head of the health center is there. They also have a materials recovery, materials recovery area. They have to establish this because they're having a problem with plastic. I know, I know you know this one. Uh, when you have a place located in the mountains, so everything else is important. So you got, uh, I was really, I got into this research because I, when I went there the first time, I saw a maybe three truckloads of plastic water, a plastic bottle of water coming down the mountain. Oh. So that's, uh, that's their uh. problem. So what the government did is they have this uh, materials recovery, uh, mm -hmm. materials recovery. Well, you could it could say uh, area, wherein all of these recyclable materials are are collected, and they try to find ways to recycle this one. The rest it's up to the businessmen what to do. They have to think about what to do with the with the rest of the garbage. So yes, garbage problem. That's another problem of over-tourism. Mm -hmm. And then the next one, I also use systems theory. So after analyzing the problems and then what are they doing to solve mm -hmm. this problem and then the output. So yes, they were able to solve. Usually they're able to solve some of the problems as they come in. But then the next year, they have certain learnings they continue to do the things that they know works and then they stop doing the things that they know doesn't work. So you know, those are the three theories that I used. Super fascinating, Jennifer. Jennifer, so what are the key takeaways that listeners or readers of your paper should know? Okay, key takeaways would be, let me do a comparison between Sagada and Boracay. Okay. So Sagada is a small place. Yes, Boracay is a big place. It has a lot of big companies coming in. 
And you do know that Boracay was closed by the former president because he called it a cesspool. Mm -hmm. A cesspool, right? Mm -hmm. That's because a, a lot, there's so many businesses there and they didn't take care of the environment. As mm -hmm. opposed to Sagada, yes, they have the same problem also. But what happened was the, the local government unit, along with the stakeholders, they tried to find ways to solve the problem. So it's a cooperation between between all the stakeholders. I know not. it's impossible to say that everything else is equal, but mm -hmm. the local government of the mayor of Sagada tries to listen to the suggestions of the municipal council, which are the stakeholders, and they try to find a solution among themselves. So not, I would say that during this study, everyone was trying to, was cooperating with each other. So that's one key takeaway that the government should not listen to just one, one stakeholder just because they have the money. So the government should uh, listen to what everyone else is saying. And also it's important that the government should not always be uh, giving orders from the top down. They should also be able to listen what what the residents or you know the other stakeholders are saying from the bottom. So they it should be a two-way street. Yeah. And then also the stakeholders should actually help, not just complain. In the case of Sagada, I, I told you that there is a tourist guide association. The, the good thing about Sagada is that it's a small place, but you could probably, I could point out around 10 areas that you could go to. So in a day, you will not be able to finish. Maybe you will be able to finish four areas. And then the next day you get, you go to the other areas. But there's always a problem of garbage. There's always a problem with maybe people doing bonfires and not taking care of the environment. So what they did is that there are four tourist guide cooperatives and each of these cooperatives take care of a certain tourist spot. So they say once or before the onset of the peak season, they do cleanup jobs. They take care of the environment. They take care, they, they clean it up. They remove all the garbage. And then uh, after the tourist season, they do the same thing. So the stakeholders should also cooperate with the government and do what they can to ensure that the place that people are going into, are going to, are taken care of. Because sometimes, you know, when tourists come in, they don't really care where they where, where they put the garbage. So some of the tourist guides, they usually, uh, they're usually there and they have their own container. We call it a uh, yeah, big container wherein where, while they're guiding, they, they remove some of the trash that they see. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing the case. What else? Sounds, um, sounds fascinating. Uh, do you have any further comments? Yeah, yeah I have I haven't been there. <laughs> so I would like to go there and find out what happened after the under-tourism problem, the, the COVID-19. But, but I think they're opening it again. Oh, yeah. That'll be really interesting. Please keep us updated, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll <laughs> probably do something 
what they did uh do something and do some interviews and find out what they did uh to survive this covid-19 problems mm -hmm. yeah it's a, yeah there there be your next paper right <laughs> but thank you so much Jenny for <laughs> well i well, hope I, so yeah i'm sure other summer destinations or mountain destinations can learn so much from your case study Great talking to you, Jennifer. So for listeners out there, thank Jennifer, you. Thank you. Jennifer's paper can be found at Tourism Geographies Journal website. And you can also follow us in Twitter at Tourism Journal. Um, so until next time, happy travels. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.